Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is up, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Thursday afternoon uh, on a beautiful... Thursday, wherever you may be, Tiger Woods limping around, played a lot earlier today, and uh, there's some explosive arguments between some college football coaches. I saw Coward say something yesterday about Derek Carr being a Hall of Famer. Uh, it, it got me thinking that I it was actually something I noticed during the Warriors game with Andrew Wiggins uh, and it, when it comes to quarterbacks. I think we saw some of that last year with Matt Stafford when he got out of Detroit. But have some thoughts there, of course. I'm going to do some of the mailbag today, and then we'll do the mailbag for the weekend, like always. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide in those DMs. Get your question answered. I have so many millions of DMs from dudes that I have to answer. Many of those will have to be manually over the next couple weeks. That'll be a project I probably attack next week. You know, that's it's a sneaky, harder project than you think. You know, if you just DM after DM, and you just keep scrolling, and it never ends. You're like, when? Come on. I'm not complaining, though. It's a good problem to have. Boys keep shooting me those DMs. Uh, Yeah, so subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and let's rock and roll. I guess we'll start with Jimbo and Saban. And my, listen, on the context of what they're saying, my, my personal take now with NIL, the payment system for college athletes, I don't care anymore. I, 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 I never really did. But I absolutely do not care. Guys complaining. Some programs have more money than others. The rules not fair. I, I'm over it. Figure it out. Like I, I don't. I'm not diving deep into like the regulations. I, I hate the NCAA. I don't want the government to get involved with anything. Leave us all alone with everything. But definitely, like just just figure it out. That's on the sport to ultimately 
corral some of this. It's clearly a little out of control, but listen, some programs are going to have more money than others, right? USC has an unlimited amount of cash. And now that they have this huge advantage because they don't have to hide it anymore and they struggled at it for a long time, they're always getting popped, that uh, they have a huge advantage. And Lincoln Riley is taking full uh, advantage of that. And one theory I had why Saban was popping off a couple days ago is Jordan Addison, the star wide receiver who, as of recording this, just committed to USC, you know, took visits to Texas and Alabama. And I wonder if when he took visits, and listen, in the history of college football, and I know about a prominent, prominent player who's just got drafted uh, in the NFL who, you know, was being shopped. This was three or four years ago and got a ton of money to go where he went. And this was well before anything was ever legal. Like, listen, guys have been getting huge bags of cash forever. But you weren't going to give a guy $7 million in a bag of cash. You were giving him $75,000. You were giving him $145,000. Well, now we're talking millions. And this becomes a little more difficult. The Texas schools, enormous advantage. Ton of money in Texas. It's called oil. And Texas and Texas A&M are taking full advantage of it. And, And some of these SEC schools are at a disadvantage. USC, advantage. Cash, unlimited. If New York had a college, they would dominate. You know, a lot of big cities in America do not have colleges. When you think about the biggest colleges in America, really, it's the SEC right now is running circles around everyone on the field. They're not in major cities. So it's going to change. Not that Texas A&M is, but the Texas oil money is no joke. And Jimbo has an unlimited amount of reserves. Now, is it a little disingenuous to act like Saban was cheating years ago at Alabama? Everyone was, Jimbo. You were the head coach at Florida State. You, you don't think you were handing out wads of cash to get that team? I don't know, that won the national championship? Remember once upon a time, Steve Spurrier called you Free Shoes University? That was when Bowden was there. But like, I, I don't, I don't, I've never cared about people cheating because I didn't consider it cheating. I considered the NCAA scamming everyone. All those administrators in the NCAAs, I, I've always looked at them like losers. The athletic administration, in my experience, when I was around at Fresno State, I mean, if I, I, I wouldn't employ fucking any of them. I, I couldn't respect them any less. Now, I'm not saying that some ADs aren't high level, but I think there are a lot of people in quote-unquote administration that are scamming everybody. Like, when I was in the NFL, if you were a scout, you were actually, you had brought value. If you, if you were a contract negotiator, like, everyone involved with the football team was bringing value. A lot of these people with these administrative titles, you know, in athletic departments and the NCAA, it's a joke. So I, I don't have that much faith that they're going to fix it. But ultimately, it's great for college football. <laughs> like, it's the SEC right now is the biggest conference in America by a country mile. The only, the only, you know, there's not really necessarily a close second. Ohio State is technically the most watched college football program in America when it comes to college football, but their overall conference to me is way behind the SEC. I mean, we see it with the the amount of NFL players going there, and really beside Ohio State, like they ain't producing national champions. The SEC three straight years, three different national champions. Now, obviously, Alabama has played a big role in that, but there, I've said it for a long time, it's NFL light. The way they're covered, the interest, the fan base, the money that's flowing down there, its it, they have separated themselves over this period of time. And it's fun. I enjoy it. Like Part of today was, I don't even care what they're arguing about because ultimately they're arguing about something that is not going to change overnight. It's not really that big a deal. Like Everyone's getting cash now. But I found it great drama. It makes that conference more interesting. And it already was the most interesting conference. So th- there's a reason that every NFL team is always represented at the SEC championship game. There is a reason that their games regionally. I mean, I mean, I, I think about this. I'm sitting here in Northern California. The best player over the last five years from my 20-mile radius that produces a ton of Division I players went to the University of Alabama. His name is Najee Harris. So there's a quarterback right up the road playing at a rival school that used to play in Antioch. Najee went to uh, Pittsburgh, or maybe this kid's at Pittsburgh. Najee went to Antioch. I might be screwing up my high schools. But that guy, who is a big-time potential five-star quarterback, he's going to be a senior this fall, is more than likely going to go play in the SEC. 
And I don't blame any of them. You know why? Because when I watch it on television, it's cooler. It feels more important. Then when I watch the NFL draft, it's all their players. Then when I watch the NFL, the majority of the top players are from the conference. So it's just, this just breathes interest to the conference, regardless of them screaming at each other. I mean, it's the best coach in the country. Have another guy who's a national champion who actually works for him named Jimbo, screaming in a Southern draw. How mad he is at Nick Saban. How they'll never talk again. He's dead to him. Like you just, that was type stuff the NFL used to give us in like the Bill Parcells day and Mike Ditka. You don't get that anymore because coaches, a lot like players, get in this kind of lane, and I don't blame them necessarily, of not talking like the way I talk because it's not worth it for them. They don't want to constantly be in these fights. Saban, I don't necessarily was looking for a fight. I think Jimbo was right. Huge narcissist, egomaniac, used to getting everything he wants, and chirped and finally got a guy because there wouldn't be many in the country. Saban could call out a lot of programs and they would not not fight back. Jimbo Fisher has 100 mil in the bank. He's got 100 mil more coming. He's got 18 five stars on his team. He don't give a shit. He did not care and he attacked back and it was entertaining and I, I enjoyed it. And think about this. It's May 19th and we're talking about the SEC. We're not talking about these other conferences. Now, USC did just land the guy, and I do wonder if Nick Saban, you know, like I said, they wanted him, and they couldn't afford him. And at least now, I've always talked like that. The media always refused, like they pretended no one was getting paid. Everyone has been getting paid for a long period of time. Now it's just added huge numbers, and I do wonder, we'll see if the numbers come back to earth a little bit, because how many guys in college football are worth a million dollars? Now, how many guys are actually making that much money? I don't know. We're only a year in. Feels like it's the wild, wild west. It's actually a great time if you're going to be a college football player to do it, to be to be a college football right now. Because there's a chance in like five years, the going rate, you know, is like 100 grand, right? 150 grand. Right now, some of these guys are getting 500 grand, 700 grand, getting enormous deals. Half these guys are not going to live up to it. For every Caleb Williams, there's going to be a lot of flops. I mean, that kid at Clemson, DJ Ungule, was the number one recruit, goes to Clemson, gets a Dr. Pepper commercial. He sucks. He's terrible. Now, I don't know if Dr. Pepper necessarily cares, but some of these companies that are paying enormous freights of money for these hype guys are going to be like, that ain't worth it. You know, hell, we make fun of Baker Mayfield for being on the on all these commercials. And he's a starting quarterback, or was, in the NFL. So I, I think, listen, it's never been a better time to be on the internet. Money's flowing. No regulation. You know what's going to happen to my kids in business on the internet in 30 years? Ton of regulation everywhere. It ain't going to be a free-for-all. It ain't going to be what I got to enjoy or anyone listening to this who's part of the internet and some sort of commerce. And who knows, maybe if you're listening to this, your business over the years has been regulated somewhat on the internet. Hell, I just saw a bipartisan bill being passed going after Google. So it's just the, the internet, you know, we, we've had a good time. And I haven't really been in it that long, but the people that have been in it 20 years, wild, wild west. And, you know, if, if you figure it out, you've printed cash. If you're a top high school recruit right now, you are getting obscene amount of money. I mean, some of these guys are making more money than guys in the NFL. I mean, there, there are a ton of fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders in the NFL that make league minimum, you know, 800 grand. Now, I don't know how many guys, again, that's what's hard to tell. Like, how many guys are actually making a lot of money in college football? I'm talking a lot of money. Like, I'd argue if you're getting $250,000 as like a offensive tackle, and I don't even know if the offensive linemen are getting it. It's hard because it's not all public, so it's all these coaches bitching and moaning. That's ultimately like, I, I don't even care, but I, I just enjoy the entertainment value of these guys screaming at each other, and it's why the SEC interest this year will be the most popular year in the history of the SEC, and the following year will be even bigger. Now, eventually, it's going to stop, or maybe another conference you know, somewhat comes up to their level. But I think it's going to be difficult because the second biggest conference, one thing that they're always going to battle is their weather. Like, it's just so much nicer to go to these SEC schools. And it's not like one thing the Big Ten has are really good academics. If I'm a top college kid, like most of these guys don't care that much. Like, wow, you're Michigan. You're a great school. Who gives a shit? I want to go to the NFL. I, I, I want to be a first-round draft pick. I'd rather go to LSU. I'd rather go to Alabama. I'd rather go to Texas A&M. Like, Wisconsin, we got great academics. Well... Can we make the playoffs? And maybe it'll be easier as the playoff expands, but it's where we're at right now. Jimbo, Saban, fireworks. The playoffs are heating up, and you can make every game feel like Game 7 on FanDuel Sportsbook. 
and official partner of the NBA. Throughout the playoffs, all customers can place a no-sweat same-game parlay each week. You'll get up to $20 in free bets if you don't win. FanDuel has so many ways to play. And best of all, when you do win, you'll get paid faster than a fast break. Here's what I love. I love the Warriors. I like the Warriors to win this series in six. Every single game, I will hammer the Steph Curry over in points. New to FanDuel? Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with promo code Colin. Once again, that's promo code Colin. And if you already have an account, you're all set to bet. No sweat. Either way, you'll get up to $20 in free bets if your same game parlay during the playoffs doesn't win. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. 
Colin had a take yesterday where he said that Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer. And I disagree. Uh, now, if his like career ended right now, he would not be in the Hall of Fame. And I don't view him as a Hall of Famer. Now, just me personally, my views on the Hall of Fame are different than a lot of people. I think it should be such an elite club that damn good players never sniff it. That like that fringe guys never get in. When I think the Hall of Fame, it's the best of the best of the best. It's Peyton Manning. It's Brett Favre. It's Lawrence Taylor. It's Jerry Rice. It's Ronnie Lott. You know, it's it, it's it's the all-time greats of the all-time It's Ed Reed. It's Ray Lewis. I mean, it's just, it's no doubt about it. No brainer. You don't even have to think twice. John Elway. You, you don't even you don't spend one second thinking about it. Basically, every guy in my Hall of Fame would be like Hall of Fame would be first balloters. If it takes you three four years, no, that's not saying they're not really good players. Like it took John Lynch forever to get in the Hall of Fame. In my Hall of Fame, like there'd be a cutoff on guys like that. It would the the, the safeties would only be like Ed Reed, Ronnie Lott. You know, I, obviously I'm missing some, but like the best of the best. And clearly that's not the case. So a lot of guys get in, but I would not put Derek Carr in. But one thing that part of Colin's argument was he's played for one of the most dysfunctional franchises in the history of professional sports. And you could argue for a in in one of the most they make money and they did before especially before they got to Vegas mainly because they were in the NFL, not because they were well run, but you know, for a franchise something that's worth that much money, there probably aren't many businesses because I, I would say the I would say the Raiders, if you just put them on the open market, would get if it was a true open bidding. The NFL doesn't really work like that because they're kind of like uh, you know they they pick from their own members. It's like a country club, like they pick and choose who gets to come in. So usually they give it to people that are already associated with it. Like David Tepper bought the Charlotte, I almost called them the Charlotte Bobcats, the uh, you know the Panthers. Carolina Panthers, they play in Charlotte. But he was already a you know a part-time owner. Same with Jimmy Haslam. Like you, that's usually how they do it. But if they did have open bidding, I think they'd get five billion dollars. So most five billion dollar companies, you say, are pretty well run. Well, the Raiders are a fucking joke. And they have been for a long period of time. So Derek Carr, what I do agree, and I was thinking about this, like, I have no business not being a successful person in life. I grew up, both my parents had jobs, both my parents were educated. Mom didn't quite finish college, but she was a college. She went to college. Uh, my dad had several degrees, all full-time jobs. I grew up in an area that had good public schools. I had a, just a good support system. I went to college. I had support at every turn. There was never a night in my life unless I got in major trouble or refused to eat because I was pissed off. I didn't have food on my table. Like every advantage in life I had. Now, I didn't grow up super wealthy or anything, but I didn't go to private schools, but I grew up with support system from my family, food, education, you name it, even though I think education is a little overrated, but I do have multiple degrees that I never use. But the point is that I had zero excuse to fail. And I remember getting to Fresno State and, you know, we recruited guys that came from nothing. And that's just part of, you know, Division one athletics, especially in football or basketball, probably, right? Guys that come from nothing. And I remember being around them and thinking like, God, this guy's a really high... I remember Ryan Matthews, who's one of the nicest guys ever, who's now coaching football at his high school, I think, in Bakersfield, where he grew up. And obviously played in the NFL. This guy grew up in a car at periods and points in his life. And some of these people, what they overcome, like that is that is much more impressive. Now, obviously, he had God-given talents to play football, but just I'm just talking about the way he acted and treated people and what he's doing now, his impact on society, right? Like he had no business, just like a lot of people. And it's not just athletics. Uh, Google the majority of millionaires and billionaires in this country. They're self-made. And I, I know it's fun on, on social media to be like, oh, just all these rich losers just get handed money. Well, actually, that's not the way it works. That's actually not the way in this country it happens. The majority of successful people, when it comes to money, come from nothing. And when I say come from nothing, like don't inherit the cash. Create a business. I mean, we're, we're a country of entrepreneurs. We're a country of commerce. I mean, it's capitalism. It's great. I love it. But m- my point is, it's much more impressive because part of it, if, if I, like, I give you two guys worth $100 million, 
One guy came from nothing and made the $100 million. The other guy took over a business that his dad gave him and did it. We all know who we'd pick as the more impressive guy. And it's no different with quarterbacks, right? Like Tom Brady overcame a lot, right? Later round pick, didn't even get to start in college. He was not handed anything in life, but he did get drafted by the greatest coach of all time and went to a team with a pretty high level owner and a stable defense. Like it was a pretty ready-made situation. Peyton Manning went to a joke franchise at the time, the Indianapolis Colts. And Peyton Manning, there, there was a small percentage of people, just like in society, that no matter what could overcome anything. I don't think, like, I've matured a lot in my, I always have a lot of respect for young people that are really mature. Like, I, I, I hate thinking back of, not that I was a bad person, I mean, I treated people well, but just the way I thought about life and I was selfish and just, just some of the ways, like, I think back on like my early 20s self and I don't like that guy. I don't have that much in common with that guy. Not my morals and my character stuff. That hasn't changed, but just the way I thought about things. I, I just, it makes me kind of cringe. And I just remember, and I still, when if you meet him now, young people that are just really focused, really high level, really mature. I, I have a ton of respect for that. And those people, I would argue, are outliers. Just like Peyton Manning, LeBron James, guys that you could just throw on a franchise in pro sports, immediately take them, dominate. That, that is, those guys are outliers. Most guys need help. Matt Stafford, we shit on forever. You know, it's like, he's overrated, just makes a bunch of money, puts up helpless stats. No, actually, he was really good. He just happened to be playing for, I don't know, the Detroit Lions. That you wouldn't wish upon your worst enemy to go there. He comes to the Rams, one year, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, rest is history. <laughs> you know, can you imagine? Because I was thinking about this watching the Warriors game. Andrew Wiggins, who was the number one pick in the NBA draft, whatever, eight, nine years ago, came out of Kansas, blue chip guy, goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves, one of the worst franchises, A-Rod owns it now, but before him, in all of professional sports. Consistent loser, place where players go to rot. Even Kevin Garnett, one of the greatest players in NBA history, you'd argue underachieved for a large period of his career, as a you know his you know his team did him individually was good, but his team was a joke because he played for that franchise. If Kevin Garnett had just gone to the Spurs, just a high level franchise, I mean who knows? Maybe he's a top ten player of all time. And Andrew Wiggins was a laughing stock, a joke. And then he went to the Golden State Warriors, where they have champions all over the place who are high character, fantastic, fantastic like ethos of the franchise. Fantastic just way they operate as a group. Uh, what they value, which is winning, uh, and is excelled. He became a starter on what looks like to be a championship team. He does whatever it takes, and they absolutely love him. And no one can make fun of him anymore. And the thing is, most people need help. Most, most people need someone to show them the way. I did. I needed my parents. Without my parents... There were other people along the way, but there is zero chance. I repeat, absolutely zero chance I'm sitting here. Because without my parents, I never get to Andy Reid. I never get to Colin Coward. That does not happen. You know, most people... Now, the athlete example can be a little off because Andrew Wiggins has God-given attributes. You know, he's 6'7". He's an elite athlete that most people don't have. But my point is there are a lot of Andrew Wiggins all over the country who if they had the right infrastructure, they could thrive. Just like quarterbacks. Do you know how many quarterbacks who could have lasted as long as Derek Carr with the Raiders? Not many. Not many. Matt Stafford's one because we saw him do it with the Detroit Lions. But I'd even argue with the Raiders, and I had a front row seat for it when they were here. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. Every single year they were talking about moving. Every single one. We're going to move. We're going to move. We're going to move. As they're firing coaches, as they don't have enough money, as they're getting sued by cheerleaders, as they're firing the president, as they're doing this, as they're doing that, then they finally move, and then they they bring in Gruden, and then he gets caught in an email scandal. Their wide receiver kills someone. You know, it's just one thing after another. The franchise loses millions of dollars in a tax scandal. It's 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 hard. You'd be hard pressed to find a more dysfunctional place 
that, you know, way before, way back in the day, before I was even born in like the 70s and 80s and like John Madden days, they thrived in dysfunction. And I, I think there were probably points and times in society where it was easier to be dysfunctional and operate as a public company or public job. It's harder now, I just feel like with the internet. It was just it just exposes you more often. So to me, the other part that I hate about these Hall of Fame arguments is that, because I saw this last year with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford still has five or six really good years left. So if Matt Stafford goes on to win, let's say, another Super Bowl in his multiple-time Super Bowls and then rattles off several Pro Bowls with the Rams, do you know what I'd say? That guy's a Hall of Fame player. It wasn't his fault that he played for Detroit for that long. Derek Carr now has... He's 31 years old, potentially seven, eight years left. What if he has a ton of success? What if Josh McDaniels, like Belichick, this second go-round, figures it out and they just become a really good, consistent franchise? Now, I probably would bet against that as long as Mark Davis owns the team because based on Mark Davis's ownership, everything crumbles. Now, potentially, if they get him out, get a new owner, who knows? But it is very, very hard to overcome certain things in life. In football, bad owners, bad franchises. Pretty consistently, you it ruins your career or derails or slows down your career. It's pretty hard to overcome certain things like if you can't read or write. Like that would be pretty difficult. It, it just would, you know? I mean, I got yelled at every day to do my homework. Every single day, yelled at to do my homework. I hated homework. I still cringe thinking about homework to this day. I, I hated school. School bored me. But if my parents wouldn't have forced me to take it seriously, I would never have been able to get my graduate assistant job coming out of college. Because hell, I might never have been in college to begin with. Again, hated school the whole time. But it's just who you have supporting you. And in football, owner, coach, GM, your teammates really matters. So to me, Derek, what he's overcome with the Raiders, I, I don't think he gets enough credit because he's such a polarizing quarterback. You know, he really is. This notion that, like, to me, Kyler's not overcoming much in Arizona. They've been a consistent winner before he showed up. I know they had a bad year when he showed up because they had the number one overall pick, but we saw it before with Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer. Every year they were winning. Like, I, I've seen them win under Steve Kime. I've never really seen the Raiders win. They, they never won without Derek. They, they were like t- 12 straight years of losing. And now they've only had two playoff seasons with him, but those are two more than the previous 12 years before he showed up. Look at Stafford. I mean, that place, all they do is lose. The two best players in the history of the franchise retired at 30 years old. Like, that that happened. Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Google it. <laughs> Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Okay, I, I tweeted yesterday. It's kind of wild that Steph is seven wins away from having more rings, four, than LeBron's three and a half. So this guy, John, and I put it on my Instagram, is responding. Love the pod, Middlecoff, but this is a rare bad take. I personally can't value the bubble championship less than a championship where Steph was playing second fiddle and he had two of those. Even if the bubble helped the Lakers a lot, keep up the great work. Well, a lot of people are saying to my take of Steph, Again, it's somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I don't take the bubble seriously at all. That's not a real NBA championship. Well, what about Steph's championships with Kevin Durant? Well, what about LeBron's championships when he went to Miami to join Dwayne Wade, one of the greatest shooting guards of all time, and brought one of the best big men in the league with him, Chris Bosh? Remember that one? So if we're not going to count Kevin Durant's, how the fuck are we going to count Miami's? Like, And I'm saying those are all equal. I count the Miami's, I count the Kevin Durant's. Here's the other thing. Steph ain't never had to leave anywhere. And it's not like LeBron wasn't getting close in Cleveland. He chose to leave. The only championships LeBron has ever won is when he's left places and forced those franchises to do things to help him out. That's the only time he's ever won. I'm not diminishing him. He's one of the greatest players of all time. But the bubble championship is a joke. We all acknowledge that. Even Laker fans deep down. It doesn't mean you're not an all-time great franchise. But it's it's like a fake championship. It's like pick up basketball. In, the, in some little gym in Disney. What are we talking about? Doesn't count. No one thinks it counts. But this notion that like, what about the Kevin Durant championship? What about the Miami championships? 
What, what about when he went to Cleveland and forced them to trade Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love, who at the time was some all-star? Like, let's act like LeBron was winning championships with me and you. It's just a, just a reality, you know? Steph did it organically. LeBron's a merc- LeBron is an NBA mercenary. That's why he would never, ever pass Michael. I like what the Chargers did pre-draft. I think they were solid in the draft. Overall, they filled a lot of needs and have a better, more rounded team to support Herbert. But wasn't enough. Is there an argument to be made for more passing game weapons? Thinking speed outside? Yeah, I mean, I think you can nitpick any roster. Like, there is no roster. Look at the Eagles. I'd argue the Eagles roster is pretty stacked. But the quarterback, we don't really like. What if I told you the Eagles had, like, Justin Herbert? We'd be like, oh, they're going to win the Super Bowl. You know, the Chargers are like, well, we need a speed wide receiver. I mean, your team is loaded. If you're a Charger fan, the, the Chargers to me are have zero, zero excuse to not be 12 wins. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, I make fun of Brandon Staley for being somewhat fraudulent. I, I'm, I'm saying that simply because their roster's elite. I mean, I, I think I could coach them 10 wins. Big fan of the pod. Next 10 years, who are you taking? Herbert, Burrow, or Josh Allen? I think the guy is Allen. But is there any concern given how heavily he relies on his run game? Allen can also stand in the pocket and sling it, of course, but you wonder how much that is opened up by the run threat versus some Herbert or Burrow who stand in the pocket. Yeah, my first gut reaction would be uh, Josh Allen. But that's the type of list like Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, or Josh Allen. You know, it'd be like, would you rather have Max Scherzer, Pedro Martinez, or Greg Maddox? You know, I, I just... Obviously, those guys are older and more accomplished, but you know what I mean. You know, I I don't I don't care. I, I I give me any of them. Now, I like a bigger arm guy. I am pro Joe Burrow, but to me, his arm's closer to Tony Romo. But I, he's a better player. You know what I mean, though. I would go with Allen or Herbert. I would choose between those two, and my first inclination would be Josh Allen. So I would probably rank it Josh Allen. And listen, I'm not saying that Justin Herbert has done more than Joe Burrow. He hasn't. But my list would go Joe, uh, Josh Allen, Herbert Burrow. Love the pod. Big fan of the Washington football team, but want to ask a question about the other NFL dumpster fire, the Browns. Do you know what's good about sports? You can't just have like elite friends. You can't just have the Packers and the Steelers, you know, and the Rams. You need dumpster fires. You need good and you need bad. This is an entertainment product. You, you, you got to have a little bit of it all. Do you think the Goodell will push Deshaun on the commissioner's exempt list until all 22 cases are clear. It would motivate Deshaun to settle, keep him away from team from the media and navigating the legal landscape and placate some of the 32 owners. I steal from truckers. Haslam has a fully guaranteed contract. He still would get paid and be around the team, but can't play. There was a story. If you haven't seen it, that came out last week. Deshaun's talking in these depositions. And one of the things he said is this one of the girls who immediately cried. And she's claiming that he inappropriately like touched her with his penis. Uh, earmuffs, kids. That's why I used that, the, P, the P word. I didn't want to get too graphic, you know. And simply put, she was in tears. He didn't even disagree. He said that. She was crying. Now listen, any human over 25 years old, if you're a man, you have made a girl cry. So just because a girl crying does not make you guilty, but it's hard when you read he made her cry and not think, did he do something? You know, th- this is this is all made up and she's crying and he's acknowledging it. And then he texted her. I don't want to screw up the exact verbatim of the text, but it was my first thought was like the more Deshaun's going to talk, the worse this shit's going to look. And I, I don't see how Roger Goodell. This to me seems like a pretty easy one. Throw the book at him until he proves that he's innocent. Because why? Wh- wh- for who? For what? Why are you supporting Deshaun Watson? Like, what has he done in this situation? You have had so many scenarios in the past where you weren't aggressive enough and you've gotten crushed. To me, I suspend him for the year. I've been saying this over and over. Like, I, I, Zeke Elliott got suspended for six games. He didn't even do anything. So Deshaun Watson, like, these girls, something happened. He was, you know, no one's denying that they were all around each other. So, and, and things are happening. Like, I'm uncomfortable reading it. The other thing with Deshaun Watson is like, listen, to each his own. I don't know the relationships everyone's in. He had a girlfriend a lot of this time. Like, are, are, do any of us talk about like, is this guy kind of a scumbag? Kind of a dirt bowl? You know, like, and listen, some relationships, you know, with the rich elites are open. But, so who knows? 
But I, I don't know. I just, is he just kind of a loser? That's He went from being this guy that I always talked about, like Deshaun Watson, great guy. The way I talk about like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. And it's like, God, I, he kind of just makes me cringe. You, you had a girlfriend and you had to use all these massage therapists to hook up? Like, what are you doing, bro? Not, I just, I don't know. Browns look like, I don't even, I'm just, I, I would spend them for a long period of time. That, that would be my move. As a lefty, I love watching a left-hander throw the football. My favorite quarterback growing up was Michael Vick. As a Giants fan, and his mobility and athleticism was just a plus. For the reason I always hope Tua will be better quarter, will be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, even though he hasn't shown that he will be in t- uh, with time. If Tua doesn't perform well this season, will that be the end for the lefty quarterbacks in the league? There doesn't seem to be any lefties coming out of college, and I doubt if Tua loses his starting job to anyone will pick him up as a backup. Now, if he lost starting job, he'd get picked up as a backup. There is a ton of pressure on Tua Tagovailoa because if he does not play well this year, Tom Brady's going to be their quarterback next year. That would be my prediction. If Tua sucks, they miss the playoffs again, Tom Brady will be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And then the following year, he'll be like a part-time owner. Like that to me is how it's lining up. Now, if Tua's really good, they can make the playoffs. Tua throws 30 touchdowns and he looks just like a good young player, then maybe just write it out. But if it doesn't, if Tua's struggling, throwing a bunch of picks, turn it over, can't see with that little pea shooter arm, underthrowing uh, Cheetah, I would, I would look for Tua to be a backup the following year. Huge fan from LA since 2018. Hope you're doing all right when, if you read this. Why the fuck do you hate Chris Paul so much? I put laughing emoji, but serious question. Can you please explain? Someone DM'd me the other day, I think asking a similar question, and I said, you know, the best part about sports, it's not just rooting for people, it's rooting against people. That, that's, that's what makes this all so fun. And people you hate in life, like usually, you know, it's a partnership gone bad, a relationship gone bad, a boss, right? It's just stuff that's just very angry. A lot of times in sports, like when I was a kid, I hated Shaq and Kobe. Why? They were kicking the king's ass. I hate Chris Paul because I hate the antics of the flopping. I despise it. I also think that the media created this point God. He's not, he does not even close to being a top five point guard all the time. The best point guard over the last decade by a mile has been Steph Curry, who has beat the living shit out of him at every turn. It's no different than I hate James Harden. I think he's the most overrated player I've ever seen. But, and I like rooting against these guys. I don't have that, like in football, you know, I ultimately, I'm not rooting against Brandon Staley or Cliff Kingsbury. I really don't care. But for whatever reason, and it may be just because I'm still, you know, I, I got this fan in me with the Warriors. I've grown to hate some of the people that they've kicked their ass. <laughs> not, obviously, Chris and James have never beat the, the people that the Warriors beat, and people are always making excuses for them. Those people crumble like a cookie when it matters. Chris Paul just had one of the worst Game 7 losses in the history of sports. In the history of his nickname is the point God. The coach that beat him, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul couldn't hold his jock as a player. I don't know one GM in the history of pro in the history of basketball who would if I get a 21-year-old Jason Kidd or a 21-year-old Chris Paul would choose Chris Paul. Not one. So this notion that like I just think he's overhyped and overrated. And I, I blame the media. And there's no media that's quite the ball washers like the NBA media. It's like they work for the players. So people like me love making fun of these guys. Because without me, I think everyone would just, you know, get on their knees and just revere these players that aren't even that good. The whole point of the sport is to win in the playoffs. These guys never win in the playoffs, ever. Ever. Chris had one year last year with the Suns in a bad West. Terrible West. Couldn't even win the championship. Giannis, great player. Dominant, six games, champion. I'm glad Giannis did, because I wouldn't have wanted Chris Paul to be a champion. Luckily, I don't have to worry about James Harden. I mean, he's terrible now. But it's but it's fun to root against people. I had someone DM me like, I, I love rooting against Tom Brady. That's the whole point of sports. What are we doing? This is fun. It's, I enjoy it. You know, I, part of like watching the Warriors against the Mavericks, like I got no issue with the Mavericks. I like Mark Cuban. I like Luka. I just, I appreciate their kind of team of nobodies. It's, it's, I, I got so much joy when you hate the other team, like that's what sports were built on. That's how we built the businesses of all these leagues. Hatred. Hatred, you know, for your opponent. Not like actual, like you don't actually care. 
I'm sure if I hung out with Chris, probably be a nice guy. <laughs> Do you think the dynasties are improbable in the NFL going forward due to the uh, impatience around the quarterback position and the explosion of offensive talent making teams go more all in more often? Uh, I think the Chiefs, we're going to see. I think the Chiefs have a chance to, you know, have a like 10, 12 year run. Can they win two, three Super Bowls, you know, over a eight year period? I think they would have the best opportunity. Like, you know, I, I do think if you have a good quarterback, not named Tom Brady, you sustain success. I mean, look at the Packers. They've been, you know, it's two th- they played this playoff game in 2022. I know they lost, but basically from 2009 to 2022, beside a couple years, I mean, they're making the playoffs every year and having playoff games at Lambeau all the time. So it's not a dynasty because they're not winning championships, but I, I think that is probably the new dynasty where you just make the playoffs all the time. Like the Packers, like the Chiefs, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of, an, you know, there aren't that many teams. Like the Ravens miss the playoffs sometimes. The Steelers miss the playoffs sometimes. Seattle had a run where they made to the playoffs, I think like six out of seven years. That's that's probably the new quote-unquote dynasty. Can you make the playoffs eight out of nine years? What the Chiefs are doing is pretty impressive, right? They've been to two Super Bowls. They won one. They've basically been to the playoffs every year for the last decade except one once Andy got there. How many? Maybe he's been there nine years. They made it eight. Maybe it's ten and they've made it nine. Whatever the... Obviously, the Patriots. To me, the Patriots are an outlier. With vertical, horizontal prolification of city suburbs catering to booming population, smart DMer here, why wouldn't the NFL advocate for, let's say, two expansion teams for each conference? Would love to hear your thoughts on this one. Uh, I would say, why would the other owners want to split the revenue? The, to me, you would move teams. There's no reason to add teams. There aren't, there aren't that many good quarterbacks. You dilute your product. The... the I'd say the NFL is in every major city. Is there a major city they're not really in? So to me, that's not their problem. Their business is not really based on cities. It's based on television and they're crushing it on TV. So I, they, they do not want to expand. <clears throat> if you were going to expand, you might as well move the Jag somewhere and we'd have to figure out the other team. But yeah, I, I don't think you're in expansion mode. If I owned a team, I would be anti-expansion. Because it's cutting in, I, I get 132 of the revenue. Why would I want to get 136 of the revenue? Simple math equation. So I, I don't think that's on the table. With you as a big Fresno State guy and understanding McDaniels is an offensive genius, what are your thoughts on the Raiders' offense this year? Renfro, Adams, and Waller. Would also like to hear your thoughts on Carr as a quarterback. <clears throat> God, I got some in my throat. I ate a lot of the... You ever eat those, uh, those white popcorns in that black bag that you can get at like a gas station, white white cheddar. Oh my God, those things melt in your mouth. I could eat, I was actually at the store yesterday, I went in there to try to be healthy, ended up getting just so many snacks. I got two big bags of that white cheddar popcorn. I went through a bag, now granted it was, you know, Tiger teed off this morning, 6 a.m. my time, I was eating that stuff at 6 a.m. I went through a bag in less than 24 hours. And I'm not talking the small bag, I'm talking the massive bag. And uh, enjoyed every second of it. Uh, I think their team should be really good. I mean, Renfro is one of the better slot receivers in the league. Devontae is the best wide receiver in the league. And Waller's a top three or four tight end. He just got to stay healthy. He was banged up a lot last year. And like I said with Derek, I mean, Derek, to me, Derek's good. When he's on a good team, he can be somewhere between the eighth and 12th quarterback. And when you're that good, you can compete for a Super Bowl. Right? I mean, Stafford is not a top five quarterback, but he's five, six, seven, you know, an eight in that range. You put him on a really good team, you can win the Super Bowl. I would Stafford's obviously better than Derek, but Derek's probably in that next tier, but he's good enough to compete with a lot of guys who I see competing in the playoffs. But he needs a good coach, a good offensive coordinator, which Josh is a good offensive coordinator. Can he be a good head coach? Their offensive line sucks. Their offensive line is not good. They drafted Leatherwood last year in the first round, the dude from Alabama. He's not a very good player. I mean, he's just, they, they couldn't play right tackle. They moved him to right guard. He was even worse. So I if they can't, Derek's not a guy that can overcome a bad offensive line. Most quarterbacks aren't, but like Mahomes can run around. Josh Allen can run around. That's not really Derek's game. You know, he's got to be a comfortable, he's like a rhythm guy. Um, so that, that to me is their number one question, the offensive line. 
They ha- they have the weapons. I mean, the the running backs, obviously, they're wide receivers. I don't know why they traded Brian Edwards, the South Carolina wide receiver. I liked him, but clearly Josh McDaniels and Ziegler did not because I think who they traded him to the Falcons. That was a good trade by the Falcons. That's I, he's a decent little player. He's not little either. He's big. That's a good trade. <laughs> I don't know why more teams weren't all over him. I don't know if there's something going on off the field, but I always like Brian Edwards. Uh, yeah, so I'll get back to do more mailbag this weekend. Appreciate everyone listening. See you. The volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts